So two weeks ago, I gave a message, and during the message, I believe I gave some information that many people don't know. Now, if you didn't listen to the message, you should go listen to the message. It was, again, two weeks ago, and it was called, There's a Function to the Fire. And it was one of those messages, when I listen to it, I'm, able, I'm actually able to step back and go, that's a really good word from the Lord. So I hope that doesn't sound conceited or anything when you can step back and, and see something and take yourself away from it and say, this is from the Lord. So it was, it's a, it was a, a good word, an encouraging word, so I encourage you to listen to it from two weeks ago. We spoke a little bit about the Levites, and many people know who the Levites are. The Levites were the high priest's helpers in the tabernacle. They are the tribe I come from that tribe, that they are ordained and set apart and sanctified by God to help the high priest in the tabernacle. It's the priest that does the atonement, and it's the Levites that does all the work around the tabernacle. They do the setting up and the breaking down and the cleaning and the guarding and and everything. And it's an amazing revelation with the Levites because very much so the Levites are like us, where Yeshua is the high priest and we're his helpers. He's the high priest. He's the one who makes the atonement. Like the priests made the sacrifices, we're the ones that facilitate it. So there's incredible revelation about that. Uh, But what I spoke about, which many people don't know, is that the Levites were not God's first choice to be those helpers in the tabernacle. They were plan B, choice two. The first choice were the firstborn of every tribe. They were sanctified after God brought judgment to the firstborn of of Egypt, and that was the essence of the message from two weeks ago, that because punishment and suffering came to the firstborn, God sanctified the firstborn and made them his holy people. So that's why there is a purpose in the suffering. It's to sanctify you and to call you out and to be his helpers, his his set-apart, sanctified people. But the firstborn sinned at the, at the golden calf. And at that point, the Levites were given the role of being the high priest's helpers. They originally didn't have it. Even though they were like relatives of the high priest. The high priest is also from the tribe of Levi, Levi. And the Levites are obviously Levites, so they're all relatives, which is another amazing revelation, is that Yeshua is the high priest and his helpers are the ones related to him. We're all one body with him. But the, but the firstborn were the original helpers, and then they lost it because of sin. And I, we gave a message about that, and I said, but what did the Levites do ultimately to earn their place as God's helpers? And I said, stay tuned. That'll be for another message. I have no time. Well, today that comes forth about hallelujah. Continued. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So where am I going with this, Adonai? This was, I, I don't normally get messages when I'm driving in Yellowstone National Park. So where are we going with this? Okay, so to see where the Levites got their calling to be the helpers of the high priest, we have to go back to Pentecost. 
And everybody here should know that Pentecost, which was the giving of the Holy Spirit to the believers, happened on the exact same day as the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai when God spoke out the Ten Commandments. Those are the same event on the same day. And there's always more and more amazing revelation about that, how with the Ten Commandments, God spoke audibly so all the people heard. And at Pentecost, God spoke audibly also, but it came through the people. It's all about hearing God. As a matter of fact, at Sinai, when people heard God's voice, they said, we don't want to hear that voice We want to hear it through you, Moses, because that scares us. And Moses said, that's good, because God's going to raise up a prophet from amongst your brothers. It's on the exact same day, the exact same day, when God said, I'm going to raise up a prophet from amongst your brothers. You listen to him. On Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out on the believers. You are that prophet. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So Pentecost and the giving of the Torah at Sinai are the same event. Post-Pentecost is where we are at right now. Pentecost, that that event, happened 2,000 years ago. 40 jubilees ago. 40 times 50, approximately. 40 jubilees ago, that event happened. So if we take a look at the sequence of events in the Torah, after the giving of the the Ten Commandments, the Pentecost moment of the Torah, when we look at what happened just after that, we see a prophetic picture for today. And not just a prophetic picture of yesterday or a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. A prophetic picture for today, for you and for me, for this generation and your son's generation. Today, Moses, I want to get some of these scriptures right. Exodus 24, after this moment, Moses said these words, and these words should sound familiar to you, but maybe not from Moses. Moses went back on the mountain, and he said, wait here until I return to you. Does that sound familiar? So we have Pentecost, and we have the redeemer of the time. Moses was the, like the redeemer, the Mashiach of that time. And that's why, that's why, God, that's why he said, God's going to raise up a prophet like me. He was always a foreshadow of the real Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. But we have the Redeemer, Moses, up on the mountain telling the people, wait here until I return to you. And the people of God are waiting. That should sound familiar. Because the people of God are waiting for the Redeemer who's up on the mountain, which symbolizes in heaven, to come back. And the people are waiting, 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 
and the people are waiting, and the people are waiting. Now Moses said he's going to be up for 40 days and nights. 40 days and nights. We are 40 jubilees from Pentecost, from that event. But just before Moses came, and this is a word of prophecy, you must understand the Torah that Stephanie spoke so beautifully about is not just a book of do's and don'ts. It's not just a book of laws. It's not just a book of how to live a good life in the Lord, which it is. But it's not just that. The Torah is a book of prophecy about Yeshua, his first coming and his second coming. And if the giving of the Torah is the same event as Pentecost, let's take a look at what happened just after that, and we're going to see a word of prophecy. The people were waiting for the Redeemer to come back down. And just before he was actually about to, at the end of his 40 days on the mountain, the people said, this is a quote from Exodus 32. When the people saw that Moses was delayed in coming, they said, we don't know what has become of this Moses. Make us a God. This is prophecy. This is the falling away of the people of God. This is not the falling away of the LGBTQ community. This is not the white nationalists or Black Lives Matter or the immigrants or the Republicans or the Democrats or the liberals or the conservatives or, any, or, or Hollywood or everybody else that we waste way too much time being worried about. This is the people of God the people who were eagerly awaiting the return of the Redeemer from the mountain lost faith because he was delayed. This is a prophecy for this generation. This is validated in the New Testament in 2 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4. This is Peter speaking. Know first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? In the last days, the people of God who are eagerly awaiting him will get frustrated and shift and twist the truth and say, make me a God. This is the falling away, not of the world, of the believers. The Torah is a book of prophecy. This is a prophecy, not for a hundred years ago, it's for the generation just preceding the coming of the Messiah. He was up for 40 days. We are now 40 jubilees away from Pentecost. It's for this generation. It's for you and me and your sons. When Peter said 
No, in the last days, mockers will come with mocking. The Hebrew word for mocking is tzachak. 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 That is the exact same word. When the people created the golden calf and they were dancing and partying around it, it's the same Hebrew word. Tzachak. So it is the same spirit. When Peter said in the last days there'll be mockers, those aren't people from the world. That's you and me, fallen. So what is the remedy of this? Peter continues to just say what the remedy of this is. And I want to speak this out, and I believe this is an important message. I believe it's an important message, like I said, for you and for me and for this generation. If this is your last Mishkan David service, thank God that you got to hear this. Peter continues on. So why was he delayed? Why was he delayed? And why is Yeshua delayed? Peter gives the answer to us. We must hold on to this people of God. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Listen, the Lord is not slow about his promise. As some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He is delayed so more people can come to know Yeshua. That is why he delays. God is a God of salvation. It's an amazing thing. Do you know at the sin of the golden calf, at the sin of the golden calf, it says in the Torah, about 3,000 people died. About 3,000 people. About 3,000 people. Approximadamente. Tres mil. Personas. About. About 3,000 people were killed at the sin of the golden calf. In Acts 2 or 3, it says about 3,000 people were saved. Do you see the connection? Same words. Same words. Same amount. You are the people of Pentecost. You are not the people at Sinai. Be the people of Pentecost who eagerly await the coming, in that case of the Holy Spirit. And be the people who eagerly await the coming of the one who is to come. God is who was, who is, and who is to come. And if you take away the is to come, you are taking away the nature of God himself. So why did the people mess up? And what did they actually do? There's a little bit of a twist in this. See, when we see the building of the golden calf, we see it as idolatry. We see it as we're done with Adonai and we're just going to make another god, the golden calf, and we'll give him a little name. Fred. We don't worship Adonai now. We worship Fred. But that's not what they did. They did not say, oh, we're done with the Lord. 
now let's worship Baal, Baal. Or we're done with the Lord, now let's worship Malek or what are the other gods of the time. And it's not that the people of God are going to say we're done with Jesus, let's go worship Allah or Buddha or any of the gods. When they created the golden calf, you know what name they gave this calf? Elohim. Elohim. Aaron said, here is Elohim. Let's now have a festival to yud heh vav to Adonai. This wasn't just another god. It was a redefining of who God is. This is the falling away, my family. It is a twist of scripture. It is a redefining of who God actually is. When the, he is delayed and the people of God say, where is he? Let's redefine this into something else. That is what the golden calf is. The golden calf was made from the elements, the jewelry, the gold, the silver, the gold that was brought out of Egypt. That gold was meant to be used for the tabernacle. But they used it for the golden calf at that time. We are made in God's image. They made God in their image. That is the end times falling away, even of the elect. So in this season, we need to tighten up our theology. We need to know what's true and what's pure and what is the spirit of truth and what is the spirit of lie. The False prophets are around now, redefining what God is, redefining what Scripture is. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The spirit of the false prophet is around today telling the people of God to redefine everything. To redefine everything. This is the time to make sure that our theology is sound and it is right. We're even doing that here in the congregation. We've never done it before, but we're documenting what our beliefs are. So when people come, they know what we believe, that all scripture is inspired by God, that God is one, that Messiah is divine, that he is the fullness of God bodily, that the Holy Spirit empowers and equips. That Yeshua's death on the cross is salvation for Jew and Gentile. That Jew and Gentile become one new man together in him. This is what we believe. That Messianic Judaism is a resurrection of a biblical truth of bringing Jew and Gentile together in the latter days. It is a prophetic movement. We support Israel. 
We believe that the formation of the land of Israel in 1948 is a direct fulfillment of prophecy. Can a nation be born in a day, it says? It was born in a day. One day. And as such, we believe that the Jewish people have divine right to that land. This is what we believe. It's what we believe. And we're documenting it. So we know. This is the time to get the foundations right. Because there's a lot of falseness out there. And there is no place for falsehood in our temples. And there's no place for falsehood here. We cannot tolerate falsehood. We must be a place of truth. And that is what we hold on to in this time. Truth. Spirit of truth. That will be a belt around our waist when the spirits are trying to loosen our belts. The other thing we need to do is to be able to identify and recognize false spirits. The people of God who fell at the golden calf, partying around the golden calf, right? Same Hebrew word as mockery. mockery. But then Joshua, as Moses came down the mountain, Joshua intersects with Moses. And Joshua said, there's a sound in the camp. But it's not the sound of war. It's the sound of revelry. As the people were partying and re, re, recrafted God into their image and partied around it, Joshua recognized the sound of the partying and said to Moses, there's a sound, but it's not of war. It's not of praise. It's the sound of revelry. It's the sound of unrighteousness. Be the people that can recognize the sound when it's not the sound of God. Be the people of perception. Be the people of perception in this hour. Your perception will be challenged in this hour. Be the people of accurate perception in this hour. And the last thing I will say is focus on major things. There's a lot of things in the scripture that are debatable, and there are things that are not debatable. And I charge you all to recognize what is a debatable thing and what is an unimportant thing and what is very important. This is so important. If I could tell you anything, let it be this. There's a Jewish tradition. So the rabbis are, are of the ancient rabbis are great. You know, they look at the they look at the scripture and they say, okay. I see what happened in the word, but what really happened? And they debate and they talk and they, get, they glean from the historical events that was passed down orally in, in, the, in the Jewish families. And they say, what, what really happened there? So it's interesting that they think that the people at the golden calf missed it because they miscalculated the 40 days. That's the Jewish tradition. That they knew he was supposed to be up for 40 days, but they started counting the 40 like the next day. So they missed it over a legalistic, minuscule thing. 
and missing the essence of what it is. Because 40 days can be literal, but 40 days can also just mean a really long time. It's a, it's a Jewish, it's a Hebrew idiom. 40 days could just mean a really long time. But by counting, okay, he missed 40 days, it's time to build another calf, build a calf. They missed the essence of the reality that he, he's coming back. And when we focus on the little minutiae and argue about the little minutiae, we miss the big picture. And I tell you right now, there's a lot of things that we're focusing on that are completely unimportant. Complete, I see the same, thing, the same thing with the children of Israel saying, okay, it's got to be 40 days precise. If he didn't come after 40, he's not coming. I see the same thing all the, well, he's, he couldn't have died on a, on a Friday because it's got to be a literal three days and three nights. No, it's got to be a Thursday because it's three days. Do you know you're missing the point that he died and rose again? It doesn't matter if he died on a Friday or a Thursday or a Wednesday. It's majoring on minor things. Paul speaks about it in Timothy. Now, this verse speaks to me because I think it's extra special in Messianic Judaism. 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. As I urged you upon my departure from, from Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God by faith. I have to ask you and everyone and me and just everyone everywhere, what are we focusing on? Are we furthering the administration of the gospel or are we paying too much attention to myths? Government conspiracies, which sound righteous. I'm a watchman on the wall of America. It's fruitless, fruitless, no fruit, no fruit. Oh, I've been looking for the fruit of watching the government and all the conspiracies. I've been looking for the fruit for about 15 years. I haven't seen a bit of it yet. Only fear. Only fear. And saying things that will happen that never happened. It's lies. It's myth. It's myth. It's myth. Focus on the word of God. This is truth. Everything else is myth. Myth. That will keep you grounded. The everything else will deceive you. And this is for us in Messianic Judaism. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men, straying away from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of Torah, even though they don't understand what they're saying or the matters which they make confident assertions. I see it all the time. Everybody, once they get a little bit of a taste of like the Hebrew roots of the faith, they become Torah scholars. <laughs> and you don't know what you're talking about. It's just exactly what he said. Wanting to be teachers of Torah, and they don't understand what they're saying or matters which they make confident assertions. Be the people of priority 
the priorities of Scripture. There are mysteries in Scripture that are debatable. That's perfectly fine. Don't make that your center. Make the truth of who God is, of what the Scripture is, of what salvation is. Make that your center, and that will keep you from being pulled in to the deception coming to this generation for you and your sons. I'd much rather give messages about the purpose and calling in your life and how life sucks, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) Those are great messages. Those are the hallelujah moments. That'll get you a combination of a dose of the Spirit of God and dopamine. (laughs) Nothing like a little goosebumps. That's all right. Let's, Let's bring it home, though. Let's bring it home, though. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. The people of God, the ones who eagerly awaited the coming of the Redeemer, at the 40th day, lost faith because he was delayed. That's going to happen again. And what we spoke about today is how to be grounded and not be deceived by that. How does this relate now to the Levites? And what did the Levites have to do to get their special calling? When all of this happened with the sin of the golden calf... And Moses came down, and he was pretty ticked off <laughs> through the, through the, the tablets, <laughs> crushed them, <laughs> ground the golden calf, made them drink the darn thing. That was some holy rage right there. He said, whoever is with the Lord, come to me. He said, whoever is with the Lord, come to me. And the Levites were the only tribe that crossed the line and ran to him and saying, we're not being a part of this golden idol. We're not being a part of this calf. The Levites are the one that did not give in to the deception. They crossed the line and wouldn't give in. And they earned the right to be the helpers of the high priest. Do you want to be the helper of the high priest? Cross the line. The Spirit of God is saying those same words that came from Moses right now. Who is with the Lord? Come to me. He's saying it right now.